Hello, and welcome to Heartline Ministries, a one-hour televised program and audio podcast where we take the timeless truth of Scripture and apply it to hearts and lives in the 21st century. Join Pastor Harold Noyes of Community Christian Church in Athens, Vermont, and Pastor Timothy Golden of Life on Main in Charlestown, New Hampshire, as they bring the light and life of God's Word to current situations and experiences. Now here are your hosts, Pastor Harold Noyes and Timothy Golden. Well, greetings once again. You're, uh, we want to thank you so much for tuning into Heartline Ministry. I'm Pastor Harold Noyes, pastor of the Community Christian Church located in Athens, Vermont. Next to me is my co-host, Pastor Timothy Golden. He is pastor of Life on Main in Charlestown, New Hampshire. We have been talking, to, uh, Tim, over the last seven weeks um, out of Psalm 119, taking a stanza a week. So now this week we're in stanza 8, having to do it 57 through 64. And one of the things that I'm seeing is as, as the psalmist is, is proclaiming the word of God and, you know, doing it beautifully, now it's almost like he's taking it and he's saying, this is going to be my portion. Mm. You know, this is what I am committing to. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder, you know, there's a lot of folks, at least that I've seen in, in over the years, that they really would love to experience God, but they don't want to experience God through his word. Mm. Yet, one of the key ways to really have an experience with God or to experience God is to know what God's word says about who he is mm-hmm. and what he has done. And I'm finding that in verses 57 through 64 of this 119th Psalm, finally, or not finally, but conclusively, the psalmist is now saying this is how i know that i'm going to experience who god is mm-hmm. and that's exactly it it's we we've had this focus in all these last number of weeks of your word your word your word your word and you know in this many different forms whether statutes commandments right. uh, however testimonies but it's this constant focus on your word and now there's this definitive switch to you are my portion. And, mm-hmm. and so he's really helping, I think, the reader or the singer in this case to understand that, look, when you, when you choose to devote yourself to the Word of God, you will get to know Him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just you, you learn about Him. You'll learn enough about Him that you want to make Him your own. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's stating here is your word has been, has guided me, it's led me, it's empowered me, it's taught me, it's corrected me. And now, you know what, as a result of that, I'm making you my portion. Yep. And, and I'm not going to let anything else stand in the way. In fact, it's not only allowing your word now to be in my head, I'm now going to let it be lived out in my life. Yeah. Can we say that for the first 56 verses or the first seven stanzas, mm-hmm. That, you know, he's going and he's proclaiming the word, and he, com- he has come to the conclusion that this is living, this yes. is real, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, he has proclaimed it, and, and I'm not saying he didn't want it from the beginning, mm-hmm. because certainly he did. But now he's saying, you know something, I, this is my desire, this is mm-hmm. my portion, this is, this is what I want. And, and I think that that's what we as Christians, we as believers today, need to get into is, wait a minute, 
this book is alive. This mm -hmm. book is real. Uh, one of the, the habits that I do in my own life is when I'm reading the scriptures, especially New Testament, when I'm reading scripture, though, is that I try to put my name in there. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I can identify with it for me, for who I am, yeah. and, and what God wants for me in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, it, to me, it makes me more real. You know, where, wait a minute, he's not just talking to the Galatians. He's not just talking to the Colossians. He, wait a minute, he's still talking to Harold Noyes. Mm -hmm. And he wants to have me apply this. And it seems like that's what now where the psalmist mm -hmm. is in this, in this eighth stanza. Yeah. Now, each stanza has six verses. In this eighth stanza, he's going and he's saying, this, you know, this is what I have decided. This is my decision. Mm -hmm. And what I think is so interesting is, is that he's showing and he's putting into practice man's free will to choose mm -hmm. what God has for him. Just like you and I have the right, and those who are watching, have the right to choose. Mm -hmm. But let's make sure we make the right choice. Mm -hmm. And the psalmist in verses 57 to 64 seems to me especially has really made that choice. I have mm -hmm. made, he has made that determination. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And that's the thing is you, you see an unfolding, and there's a way that things progress with us as people. And it starts with a desire. And that desire, and you know, not to just kind of do a play on D words, but that's really where yep. we're at, because that desire will fuel your decision or determination. Yep. You know, and, and that's what we've seen here is there's a desire for God's word. And that has led him to make it in some right decisions. And then that decision fuels his devotion, which we read in this first portion where it says, you are my portion. Right. And then as he goes throughout the stanza, that devotion leads to our drive you know that that devotion is what caused him to be driven to do and act in a way that would reflect the word that he had read and taken into his heart but isn't that the same way i mean even you know going beyond the spiritual mm -hmm. but just now doing it in the practical but isn't that the same way with us as for example with our spouses with our kids Absolutely. with our church family with um, those that we work with, whatever, that because of our devotion, because of our, our love for them, mm -hmm. this is how I'm going to respond to them. Yes. And, and now the psalmist is bringing it up another notch, mm -hmm. and he's saying, this is how I'm going to do it in my spiritual relationship or in my, my, my godly relationship, mm -hmm. is, you know, this is what I want. Yeah. And it's all because of who he is, all mm -hmm. because of, you know, I want him to be my portion. Now, what's another word for portion that you have? My passion, my, my, my life? Mine said portion. Yours does um, too, okay. Yeah, let me see. Let me go to the Amplified here real quick. And yeah, Amplified as well just uses the word portion. Word portion. So, so but, but, you know, if you have a portion, I mean, this is, this is, this is going to be my meal. This is going to be who I am, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, for thou art my portion. You're, you, you're what I want. You're my desire, you're my passion, you're my, you know, my devotion. Yeah. This, and I like the way you use that as far as the portion, you know, we think about it in, in, line, of, in line of meals. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, something we just had a great one of ourselves, <laughs> yeah. right? But, but why do we eat? Because it sustains us. Yep. It gives us life. It allows us to move and have our being. 
And that's the way it is with God. You are my portion. You are my reason for existence. You are that which I which causes me to breathe mm. and which causes me to move and to act and to live life. Um, and apart from you, if I don't have you, if I'm not allowing you to be my portion, because we know that food will only get you so far before you need what? You need more. Yep. And it's the same thing with God. We have to constantly be feeding on his word. We need to constantly be in that relationship with him so that he can fuel us not just in this moment, but every moment of our lives. So I what I did is I, I wrote down some notes and you know for this I have thou art my portion or I, I'm also looking at it I have now come to a realization. Mm. You have become so real to me. Mm-hmm. Why? Because your word has become real to me mm-hmm. that this is what I desire. Yeah. You know, and I wanna I wanna take you know, you take your portion, I wanna take my my serving, my helping of you, mm-hmm. and just have it. That's mm-hmm. what I want. And, and that's what he's doing. He's, yeah. you are my portion. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, what you have going on here in this whole chapter is what you're, it, yes, there's a focus very heavily on the word. But what is this psalm? This psalm is a prayer. The, this psalm is a outflow of communication between him and God. Mm. And so it's the understanding here that it's not just me taking you in to my head just from reading a book. You know, I could read a biography on Mark Twain, or I could read one on Abraham Lincoln, or one, read a book on anybody, and you'll get to know about them. You know, if, if there was ever a book written on my wife, I could read that, and you could read that, and you could know a lot about her. But you'll never know her the way that I know her. Right because of the relationship that I have with her. You could read about how she interacts, but as I heard a pastor say once, and it goes with us, you know, my wife can give me a look and never say a word. <laughs> and I could write a book on that look, you know? Yeah. And, and But to you, it might not mean anything. Why? Because you, if you read the book, you know about her, but I know her. And what we see here with the psalmist is, yes, he's helping us understand, read the word, be in the word, get to know about him. But he's not looking at reading the word as though somehow or another it is an isolated act. He is talking about the word in relationship to his relationship with God himself. Because this is all about... Your, and, and he's using it in the terms of your word, your statutes. It's a, an, intera- an interaction with a person, that person being God Almighty himself. So can we liken this then? What, what he's doing is starting in verse 57. What he's doing is he now is like an actor. Mm. All right? You just signed up to, be, to, to play a role in a movie or in a play or mm-hmm. whatever. And so what you do is you go and you do a study of all the traits, all the characteristics of this person in which you are portraying mm-hmm. so that you know them inward and outward and everything about them. It seems to me that that's what the psalmist now is doing. Mm. You know, I have, I have, in the first 56 verses, I have seen who God is. I have seen what God's word is. And you know something? I know him inside and out, and I want all of him. Mm. I want every bit of him. Yep. Why? Because I like what I see. I like what I've experienced. I like who he is, and I want to be just like that. Mm-hmm. 
And so if you look at verse 57, thou art. So he's making a declaration, mm -hmm. right? You are my portion. Yep. Not just bits and pieces of you. You are my portion. I, I think of what Paul writes in the book of Colossians. When Christ, who is our life, mm -hmm. shall appear, we shall be like him in glory. Wait a minute. What does he make? What does he at first? He's my life. Mm -hmm. Is the psalmist in verse 57 almost quoting that Colossians verse before it's even written? You're my life. Why? Because I want you to be my life. I want you to be my portion. Yep. You know, and, and he's making that declaration, thou art my portion. Mm -hmm. You are my portion. Yeah. Not that I just want you to be. Mm -hmm. You are. Mm -hmm. and, and to me, that's quite a declaration. Absolutely. And it's the same declaration that we as believers need to take, but the only, to me, one of the surefire ways of knowing that is by knowing God's Word. Mm -hmm. Seeing who He is in the Word, that the Word of God becomes rich and real, so that just as if I'm reading about him, but he's, he's sitting here next to me like you are, mm -hmm. and we're having a conversation. Yep. That's how real it is. You know, I, I, I laugh at my congregation often. I said, sometimes you will see me driving down the road and nobody else in the car, but I'm talking. Mm -hmm. Well, that's because I'm talking to the one next to me. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. We're yep. having a conversation together. You know, not that he's audibly saying anything to me, but we're, we're just, you know, is that real? That's yes. how real he is. Mm -hmm. And it seems like in verse 57, the psalmist has now come to that point in his spiritual yep. walk. You have become so real to me that you are my portion. You mm -hmm. are my life. Yeah. And that's what you are. So anyway, before we go any further, <laughs> I, I, I almost forgot. <laughs> before we go any further, I'm going to open in prayer and ask the Lord to bless our time. And, but also and then I'm going to have Tim read verses 57 to 64. So let's pause for a minute and ask God to continue this discussion. Father, we do thank you so much. And Lord, you are our portion. Mm -hmm. You're our life. And Father, we ask that each one who will be watching and listening and, and participating in this, Father, that, that you would show us that truly um, you want to be our life. Mm -hmm. And Lord, we want you to be. So Father, yes. bless Tim and my conversation. Bless the ears that will be listening and hearing and participating in this by, by watching. And Father God, that you truly would become our portion, our life. So, Father, bless our time. Use it for your glory in your name. Amen. Amen. So, starting at verse 57, before we get into that, too, just want to encourage people, because um, I know a lot of people watch this on TV, but there's maybe some that are watching on YouTube or on Facebook, one of those places. If any time there's anything in these uh, discussions that we have that raise a question or anything like that, feel free to post a question uh, or a comment in those boxes. We do look at these, and, um, and we will answer them. Uh, that's the nice thing about Facebook and those things. Yep. They let us know if somebody's posted something. So if you've got questions, post something. We'll be sure to try to answer that the best of our ability. But starting at verse 57, you are my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep your words. I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to your word. I thought about my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. I made haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. The cords of the wicked have bowed me, but I have not forgotten your law. At midnight, I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. I am a companion of all who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. 
The earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. Teach me your statutes. Wow, what a, what a tremendous, tremendous portion of scripture that he has done. So, Tim, as I read this, and we've already looked at the first part of verse 57, thou art my portion, O Lord, I have said that I would keep your... He, so he's making... I, I'm, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. You know, I just, mm -hmm. you know, because, first of all, I never kept one. Um, you know, but, but he is making a resolution, but he's making it between him and God. Mm -hmm. And he is saying, look, you are my portion. I have said I will or I would keep your word. Mm -hmm. That is a declaration where I have made this resolution to you, God, that this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. How many times have we, have we as Christians done that, yet not followed through with it? Right. Yet the psalmist is going to show us how we can follow through with that, mm -hmm. and that it will become a reality to us. Yep. And he's understanding who he's saying this to. Yeah. He understands that God is faithful. He understands that God is a man of his word, or a God of his word, and that he expects us to also be the same. So he is fully aware when he's stating, I have said that I would keep your words. He understands he's making a vow and an oath to a God who will not forget his oath yeah. or his covenant. Yeah. You know, and, and so he's saying these words not lightly, not flippantly, but with full awareness of the level of commitment that he is making to God. Let me ask you a question on verse 57 where he goes and says, Why, you know, he certainly could have easily have said, thou art my portion, O God. Mm -hmm. But instead he uses, thou art my portion, O Lord. Mm -hmm. Is there a difference? Or is there a way in which we can look at that and say, wait a minute, that holds a whole deeper significance. I, th I think it most definitely does. Um, to acknowledge him as God is to acknowledge that he is the creator of all things, um, that he has, um, that he more or less is maybe in charge. Yeah, sovereign. But, but, it's, it, but it's stating it almost from a distance. Yeah. It's almost like I acknowledge that you've, you, that you've set things in motion. It is not carrying with it any, any kind of um, inclination of me being responsible to or having to be in submission to. Um, the word Lord carries that. Yeah. Because when you think about a Lord, lowercase l, we think of places like maybe England, mm -hmm. right? Places where they have kings and queens and royalty, and you have lords. And what are lords? They are those that are in control over to which everything and everyone underneath them is subject to. And so it's, he's acknowledging that you're my portion, not just as God, not just as the creator of all things, but as the one who holds ultimate authority to whom I am answerable, to whom I am in subject, and who, to whom I choose to submit. Okay. So if he were to have said, oh God, then, then that'd be like him standing afar off and just acknowledging God for mm -hmm. who he is. But in O oh Lord, it's like I am making a personal commitment, mm -hmm. you know, because you're my master. You're my Lord. Yes. You're, you're the one who is in charge. You're the one who owns me, mm -hmm. right? Um, I think of, of course, New Testament scripture where it says you and I were bought with a price. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not my own. Mm -hmm. I don't own Harold Noyes anymore. Jesus Christ bought and paid for me on Calvary's tree. Yep. When I acknowledged him and said, Jesus, come into my life. I acknowledge the fact that he bought and paid for me. Mm -hmm. He owns me. He's my master, yeah. or he is my Lord. 
That's why I asked you that question is because, you know, it seems to me that he's going, he's really becoming down and personal, you know, with God, saying, wait a minute, I want you to be my portion, or you are my portion. I'm making that declaration. Why? Because you're Lord. You're my Lord. Yeah. You know, you're my master. And then he goes and says, I have said that I would keep thy words. So he's, he's acknowledging, you know, this is a commitment that I've made. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad word, it seems like, today mm-hmm. in our world is the word commitment. You know, it seems like people are only committed for a short period of time, and then mm-hmm. they kind of lose that commitment. But here, the, the psalmist is saying, no, I am making an eternal commitment to you. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between, because um, if you take just the you are my portion, O Lord, uh, we could carry with that that, okay, if he's my master, that makes me his servant, that makes me his slave in a sense. And so there is a responsibility that I have. But what? But by his stating, I have said that I would keep your words, he is helping to identify himself not just as a slave or a servant, but as a bond servant. Right. As one who, even though he was bought with a price, you know, uh, as a normal servant would have been, and you come to that point where you have the choice to either live your way or to still remain a servant, when you make that choice to stay that servant, you then are a bond servant. And, and this is really what he's stating here is, you have every right to me, but yet you've given me a power of choice, mm-hmm. and so now I choose to exercise that choice to stay in submission to you. So and what, he's, what he's doing then is, is saying, look, I, I'm bought and paid for, but you've set me free. Mm-hmm. I have freedom. You know, and, and to me, and, and I remember one time Patty was doing a teaching in a ladies' conference, and at the end of it, they were asking questions to Patty, and, and you know, and one lady said to her, well, you have said that you're, you're the freest woman around, and how can you do that, being a pastor's wife and, you know, in charge of a church and all this? How can you say you're the freest woman around? And Patty very beautifully just said, I'm the freest woman around because... I'm doing what God wants me to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm, I know what God's calling is in my yep. life. I'm doing what God wants. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I am free mm-hmm. to do because I choose to do what God has chosen for me to mm-hmm. do. And I'm free. I could walk out any day, but I choose not to. Yeah. You know, and it's my choice. And that's the way it is for all of us. Mm-hmm. And, and the psalmist is making that choice. He's making that declaration, that choice. And he's not just doing it personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wrote it out here so that all the world could see, look, this is what I'm saying. This is my declaration, not only to God, but this is my declaration to the world. Mm-hmm. You're my portion, and I'm going to keep your word. Mm-hmm. Now, we all know that in, in humanity, it's very difficult to do sometimes, right? We fall, we slip, we do things. But to the best of what the psalmist is saying, to the best of the ability mm-hmm. I have, I'm going to keep your word. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm gonna, if, I, if I can't do that, then I'm going to repent and start over again, mm-hmm. right? And that's what has to happen to all of us. So, so he goes this. And then he goes and gives us the feet to it. Mm-hmm. Because he makes the declaration, and then he goes and says in verse 58, I entreated mm-hmm. thy favor. And the word entreated to me means I have begged mm-hmm. for your mercy. I have begged for your favor. I have, mm-hmm. yeah, I have requested 
-hmm. It's my request. Yeah. And some translations even go as far as to say it's I have sought after yeah. your favor. And and what this really, you know, using those plays on the D words, you know, we talked about the desire and, and the decision and how that leads to our uh, devotion. And then that's what drives us. Yeah. But in the midst of that driven, once we start moving in action, there has to be a level of dedication to yeah. that then. And, yeah. and that's what he's really talking about here is you're my portion. I said I'm going to keep your words. And now, you know what? I'm seeking after. I saw that. And it carries with it this concept of I am not going to settle. You know, I, I'm, gonna look, I, I'm going to give everything I have with my whole heart until I gain your favor. Yeah. And it's not that I can make your favor happen, but I'm not going to let anything that I have any level of control or any power over to stand in the way of me getting the Father's blessing here. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's that full sold-out determination that we see coming into play now. So let, let us put it into perspective. Verse 58. You have the account of Esther. Mm. She's a Jewist. Her king does not know that, her husband. And Haman has said that he's going to go and destroy other Jews. She now has to go and approach her husband, the king, now, it isn't like today where they could just run in and, and do it, whatever. They, she had to have favor with her husband. Mm -hmm. She could go before the king, and if he was in a bad mood or whatever, he could have turned the scepter the other way, and she would have been killed. Mm -hmm. But we, we know in the scripture that he, he turned it one way, and she found favor with him. And that is the same way it is with us with God. Mm -hmm. is he looks at us and he gives us his favor. Yep. Now, how is it you and I have gained his favor? Of course, we know now in the old, as New Testament Christians that we have found his favor through his son, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That is the only way in which I can find favor with mm -hmm. God. I cannot, I cannot earn it. I cannot buy it. Mm -hmm. I cannot... Uh, have it as a grandfather clause because I had a great-grandfather who was a minister. You had a father who was a mm -hmm. minister. That doesn't buy you favor. Right. You know, I have favor only because of Jesus Christ. They have favor. The psalmist has favor only because he was looking forward to the Messiah coming. Mm -hmm. That's the only way in which he found favor with God. Yeah. But it's really neat. I have, I have begged you. I have mm -hmm. begged for your favor. And I did it with my whole heart. And you talked about dedication. Mm -hmm. And that's where you get the dedication in here, in verse mm -hmm. 58. You see, I just didn't do it half-heartedly. I didn't do it flippantly. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it because it's some emotional experience that I'm going mm -hmm. through at this moment. No, I am requesting, begging, pleading for your favor, and I'm doing it with my whole heart. Mm-hmm. And the Word of God says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Mm -hmm. and, and that is what God is really most interested in, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's our heart. Yep. Am I going to love him with my whole heart? Mm -hmm. You know, um, that is the key. He does, and I want to make sure I say this properly. God wants our full love. 
with our heart. Mm -hmm. That's what he wants. And without, and I, and I don't want to be seen as a heretic, I don't want to be seen as anything of that nature, but to me, that is the most meaningful thing to him, mm -hmm. is to have my whole heart. Mm -hmm. Over and above whether or not I, I slipped and fell here or slipped and fell mm -hmm. there. No, he wants my whole heart. Mm -hmm. That is the key. Yeah. He knows I'm going to slip and fall. It doesn't surprise him when I slip mm -hmm. and fall. It doesn't surprise him when I, you know, when I do something that I ought not to. Mm -hmm. Not that I ought to, because, you know, I ought to desire mm -hmm. not to. But that doesn't surprise him. What he wants is just simply, Harold, love me. Mm -hmm. Love me. That's what I want. Yeah. I love him, why? Because he first loved me. Mm -hmm. If I can see the great love he has with me, then I'm going to reciprocate that love mm -hmm. and give it to him. And that's what it seems to me the psalmist is talking about. You are my portion, yep. or you're my life. I'm going to keep your words. I have stated that. I've declared that. I have pleaded for your favor with your whole heart, but with my whole heart. By the way, isn't this also a declaration in verse 58? I pleaded for your favor, and I found it. Mm -hmm. That's the way I'm reading that. Yeah. I, why? Because I did it with my whole heart. And we know that because the end of 58, be merciful unto me according to your word. Mm -hmm. I know what your word says. Yeah. And if I come to you with my whole heart, guess what? You will not turn me aside. Right. You will not turn me away. And let me also declare for anybody who's watching this program, I don't care what your past is. Your past is past. If you entreat Jesus Christ and ask Jesus to come into your heart with your whole heart, guess what? You will not be denied. Mm -hmm. You won't be. Right. Because all he's, you know, he's requesting, just give me your heart. That's mm -hmm. what I want. I want to come. I want to live in your heart. I want to, I want to come and abide with you. Yep. And to me, that is, that is exactly what this psalmist, and you say, well, this, this is all Old Testament stuff. It's Old Testament stuff with New Testament application. Mm -hmm. The God of the old is still the God of the new. Yeah. And vice versa, you know. And so this concept of separating the old from the new, does, you cannot separate God. Right you know, that way. Um, all that means is that, you know, Old, Test Old Testament means Old Covenant. New Testament means New Covenant. Of course, that New Covenant we know is, you know, the fulfillment of Old Testament law and Old Testament requirements in the person of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. If there's a shift that took, the, um, and where the one was a shadow of redemption, now we have the full, now we have the actual redemption. Uh, through Jesus Christ. But that does not mean for an instant that somehow God is different in the old than he is in the new. Of course, then some people want to come back to that, well, but read the God of the old versus the God of the new, and the God of the old seems full of judgment and wrath, right. and, and you see wars and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, that doesn't sound like, you know, the God of love, mercy, and whatnot. And, of course, I like to tell people, have you ever read the book of Revelation? Yeah. You know, the God of righteousness and judgment is still the God of the New Testament. We just live in a day of grace at the moment. Yeah. But there's coming a point where that grace will be lifted. And today is the day of salvation. Right. You know, today our response to his grace will determine the outcome for us when that grace is lifted and his righteous judgment has to be unleashed. Yeah. And so... 
He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right. Yeah, and, and so, so you go from that, and he's, and he's making this declaration. He's saying God is his portion, his life. He is, says he's going to keep his word. He has pleaded with God. He's found favor with God with his whole heart. He's asking God to be merciful according to your word and knowing that his word is mercy. And then he goes in verse 59, and he kind of shifts gears just for a moment. And maybe it's the same thing that we have done in our own personal lives is, is after I get saved, I look back and say, why would he do that? Mm. You know, why would he save me? You know, mm -hmm. why would he come into my life? Why would he want me? Look at what I've done. Mm. Look at who I am. You know, and all of that. And, and he goes in verse 50, 59. It's almost like he has kind of a flashback for a minute. And he says, I thought on my ways. Mm -hmm. I thought of who I was. What mm -hmm. right do I have to make God my portion? What right do I have to, to say that, that I can entreat him and, and plead for his favor? What right do I have to ask for his mercy? Look at who I am. Mm -hmm. You know? Yet then he goes and says, and turned my feet unto thy testimony. Mm -hmm. I made that declaration. Now I made that determination. This is the way I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. And this is a true picture of repentance. You know, because the phrase there is, and turned my feet to. Yep, and that's what so, repentance So is. what you've got the picture of is my feet were going here. Uh, my feet had to turn towards it's a 180, not a 360. the thing that I wasn't going towards for it. Right, it's a 180. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and so that's what true pens. It's not a confession happening here. Confession is just admitting that you did something wrong. What God calls us to is not to just confess our sins, but to turn from our sins, yeah. to actually do that repentance, to do that about face, right? And so that's what he's saying he did here. I thought about my ways, you know what? And I turned. I, I thought about it, but I didn't let it just be a thought. I didn't let it just be an experience in a moment or just some intellectual exercise. I actually, I thought about my ways, and I think that we could add here, um, or it's not really even adding, it's just reshifting that word testimonies. Because what he's basically saying here is, I thought about my ways in light of your word. Yep. Right? Which then caused me to turn my feet towards your testimonies, right? Turn towards what it is you desire of me. So I could see this is me. This is where you want me to be. We're not going the same direction. I'm now going to, again, that level of what he said up at the beginning that I said I'm going to keep your words, and so you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. You know, what I, you, you, you brought on a point about confession, and in First John 9, if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. What confession is, is I now have come in agreement with God. Mm -hmm. What he calls sin, I call sin. Mm -hmm. His response to sin would be the same response that I should give to sin. Mm -hmm. I'm now in agreement with him. And what he's doing in verse 59 is, is applying that. I thought of my ways. I saw myself for who I was. And you know something? I don't like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to turn my feet. I'm going to do a 180, and now I'm going to be walking towards you. Mm -hmm. Instead of away from you, yeah. I'm going to be walking towards you. Therefore, I turn my feet. And by the way, what I find is very interesting 
It's the I turned. You have that from the beginning mm -hmm. of verse 59. It's not God turning us. Right. I turned because mm -hmm. he wants it to be an act of the heart. Yep. He did not make us robots. Understand that. He did not, he does not want a, bu want a bunch of robots. Mm -hmm. If he wanted that, he had his angels. Mm -hmm. Okay? No. He has us with a free will saying, you turn. You made that determination. Mm -hmm. You made that decision. You made that declaration. Yep. You do it. That's all your deeds. You, know, you have that desire. Um, you know, that's what I want you to do. So, so he goes, he says, I, think about, I thought about who I was, and I didn't like what I saw. Mm -hmm. you know? And the same way that God, when he first saw me, I'm sure he didn't like what he saw. But now when I've given him my heart, he's passionate now about what he sees. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I want to run to that passion. I want to yep. run to that, to those arms that he has for us. Just like mm -hmm. the father of the prodigal son. Right? So, that's verse 59. I thought of my ways, turned my feet unto thy testimonies. Or, by the way, testimonies is, once again, another name for the word. You have mm -hmm. testimony, statutes, uh, um, precepts, and law. Mm -hmm. You have all those. Okay, verse 60. Now, it wasn't just simply turning around and thinking about it and saying, well, should I or shouldn't I? Mm -hmm. Well, verse 60 squashes that. Why? Because it goes and says, I made haste. Mm -hmm. Now, I know a lot of people like to say, haste make waste. Well, in this, de in this decision he made, be you know, behold, today is the day of salvation. Mm -hmm. Don't wait, because right. you're not sure for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So don't wait. And the psalmist said, I made haste. Mm -hmm. And delayed not yeah and and that's such an important concept um because i th we've got to come to the understanding and be honest with ourselves to realize that delayed obedience is disobedience yep. you know when god calls us to act when god calls us to do something the inst the, the the implication is now yeah you know um it's like if you're standing before a commanding officer and he says, drop and give me 20, it's like, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. What's going to happen? Do you, you're going to drop. <laughs> and uh, so I, when he says it, he, he's, he may not say do it now, but you know he means now. now you yep. know? And, and it's that understanding with the commands that God gives. It's understanding that he sensed something was wrong in his life. He was going the wrong direction. He knew what God expected of him. And just because you said it, I'm going to respond, and I'm going to do it now, knowing you have my best interest at heart. You know, to me, as I was looking at that word delayed, you know, it's talking about, you know, it'd be almost like a procrastination, which is a form of, of disobedience, as you said. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a form of, of active rebellion. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. It's an active rebellion saying, oh, this is what you want? Well, I'm going to take my time. Mm -hmm. While the psalmist is saying, no. When I have come to that conclusion that you're going to be my portion, I'm making you my portion, I'm going to keep your word, mm -hmm. I have pleaded with you, I have found favor, mm -hmm. I saw who I was, and I don't like that. Right. I see who you're going to make me, and I like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to run to that, yep. and I'm not going to rebel against you anymore, because rebellion is a form of witchcraft. Yep. So... That's what you have in delayed. You know, I'm not going to rebel. I made haste. I'm not going to rebel. Um, and delayed not to keep your commandments. In other words, right now, 
I'm right right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is not a thing where I'll do it tomorrow. No, do it now. now I've had people that I've sh I've shared the gospel with and shared the word of God with, and sometimes they say to me, "Well, you know, I'm not ready quite now. Maybe uh, maybe next year, maybe next week, maybe tomorrow, maybe." And I have to look at him and say, and you're guaranteed those days? Mm -hmm. You're not guaranteed those days. You could walk out of this restaurant and get mm -hmm. hit by a car and you can be dead. You're not guaranteed that. Mm -hmm. So why delay? Mm -hmm. Because that delay may cost you eternity. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, because you're not. None of us are guaranteed the next breath. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just not. So he goes and says, I thought of my ways, I made haste, I declared... I mean, I did not delay your commands. Verse 61, the bands of the wicked have robbed me. Now, he's going, he's looking at his life and saying, wow, what a waste. Now, I can look at my life. Now, I got saved at the age of 19 years old. You know, and certainly, you know, if I wanted to reflect back and say, man, I wasted 19 years of my life. Not really. But, you know, the thing is, though, is as, as I look back at it, I said, it, had, it didn't give me anything, mm. you know, as opposed to when I trusted Christ as my personal Savior and what I have today, I wouldn't trade. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't go back to those first 19 years. Now, I loved my first 19 years. I, I enjoyed mm -hmm. it. I had fun. I, I, you know, but I tell you what, I wouldn't trade it for, for anything. No way. Yeah. You know, and, and he's looking at it and saying, look, the bands of the wicked, they have robbed me. They've lied to me. Mm. And, you know, we've been doing a study out of Second Peter, and he's been talking about, about false prophets and false teachers and, and all of those who, who rob and steal. Well, John 10.10. 10. Mm -hmm. What's it say? The thief cometh not but to steal and kill and destroy. Mm -hmm. But I have come that you have life and have it more abundantly. Yep. So we know that any robbing and stealing and all that stuff, that does not come from God. Mm -hmm. And he recognizes that in verse 61. The bands of the wicked have robbed me. Mm -hmm. You know, they have taken from me those things that God had desired for me. Mm -hmm. But you know something? I want those things. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to let you rob me anymore. Mm -hmm. Another way that I see that is that, that verse as well, as I look at verses 61 and 62, though I, I think that's definitely, you know, an application of this. But when, when I read through it, what that struck out to me is this, that, you know, after I've made a commitment, you know, and I, I realized where my life was going and I chose to follow Christ and I, and I made that choice and I didn't delay, chose to keep his commandments, then life happens mm -hmm. still, you know. It's, the believer is not exempt from evil things happening or at times feeling like you've been bound up, you know. Um, or restricted somehow by the enemy. Um, life comes at you and sometimes comes at you hard, and it tries to bind you, yep. you know, with cords. But what he states is, even in the midst of that, I didn't forget your law. And, and, I, I, and my translation of that kind of came about because of what it says also in verse 62, at midnight, mm -hmm. the darkest of the dark, yeah. I will rise and give thanks right you know and, and so like you said that this aspect of them of you know man wanting to rob us or the enemy wanting to rob us or you know just circumstances coming against us that might want to try to steal our joy or cause us to question god you know what 
It's in those times I will choose to remember his law. It's in those times I will remember to give him thanks. I will choose to rise up above the thing. Uh, I had this one pastor friend, I absolutely loved his one comeback, his one comment because he'd love to ask people, so how are you doing? And he'd love it when somebody would look at him and say, well, I'm doing okay under the circumstances. And his response would be, well, what are you doing under there? Yeah, you know? really, yeah. And, yep. uh, and, it's under, and, and there's a lot of truth in that. You know, why do we live there? God has given us the power to live above those things. Right. If we will just choose to apply his word and apply his love in our lives. You know, what I, a, a part, Tim, that I was looking at at the end of verse 61, where he goes and says that bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten. And to me, that key word is the word forgotten. Mm. Is, it, is it that the psalmist did not know about God's law before this? Of course he did. Yep. Of course he did. He just didn't apply it. Mm-hmm. Now what is he doing? He's taking that law, the testimony, the statutes and, and, and precepts and those things. He's taking that law that he had previously learned, and now guess what? He's putting it into practice. Mm-hmm. He's making it reality. Yeah. Well, I often think of, um, you know, again, in the situation, like as I was thinking of when I was reading this was, you know, when you're going through those hard times, you know, we know. God's word is true. But you know, there's in the midst of the hardship, sometimes you just lose sight. It's not that you forget, but you've just you've got distracted. Yep. And there needs to be brought back into remembrance. You know, and I, I think of the Israelites, right? Mm-hmm. When they're wandering in the wilderness and, you know, the great crossing of the Red Sea. And then three days later, they're screaming, We'd be better off in Egypt. Yep. You brought us yep. out here to die. You know, they they didn't now if you were to ask any of them well remember the red sea they'd be like well yeah i remember the red sea it but just happened three, three days later. ago <laughs> but but you for, but you you may remember the situation but you forgot about the god and how faithful he was there and if he was faithful there he'll be faithful here take it and apply it to the current you know and and i think that that's a bit of what he's saying here is you know no matter what's going on i know your word is it's going to be steadfast. I can apply it no matter what I'm going through, no matter what's coming against me, no matter who's against me. Your, your law will stand true. You know, uh, as I was looking at verse 62, and you had mentioned midnight, what I, what I think of midnight is this, is there are times that God has to, to wake us up from a slumber and to mm. get our attention. Mm. And I have found, at least in my own life, that some of my best times with God is after midnight. Mm-hmm. I've gone to bed, I've got some sleep, now he's waking me up and saying, oh, by the way, uh, remember so-and-so? Pray for him right now. Mm-hmm. Or think about this, or if, I'm, if it's a Saturday night, you know, I'm, I'm going over the scriptures that I'm preaching on, he said, oh, did you think about this part of the scripture? Did you think about this? There's, there's many times at midnight, God wakes me up and says, Harold, by the way, let me get your attention for a minute. You hadn't given this any thought. Let's think about this. Then I'll mm-hmm. let you go back to sleep, you know. But I, I look at verse 62 as if that is a, a real moment for the psalmist. I mean, mm-hmm. he's already been in bed. He's already been sleeping. And God kind of rustles him up and says, oh, by the way, let, let me give you some more thoughts on that. Let, mm-hmm. me, let, me, let me point you some other way. At midnight, when you're at your quietest, when, when the hustle and bustle of the day is done, now I can get your mm-hmm. attention. So that's how I see verse 62. Yeah. At midnight, 
I will rise to give thanks unto thee. Why? Because now I can devote all my attention to you. Mm -hmm. I don't have to think about the stuff of yesterday or, or, or the think of tomorrow. I'm thinking about you right yeah. now. I'm giving you my all attention. But that happens at midnight. So if God wakes you up at midnight or 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, maybe what you need to do is say, okay, Lord, place in my heart somebody you want me to pray for or what is it you're trying to tell me, Lord? You know, mm -hmm. And once he tells you, he'll let you go back to sleep. At least he has me mm -hmm. most of the time. Well, again, you stop and think about it. You know, think, think about the Old Testament and how many times that you see the encounters with God that take place in the wilderness. Yeah. Not just with the Israelites, I think of Jesus himself even. When, you know, did he have, you know, the ministers come and minister to him? It's when he was in the wilderness, after he'd been tempted, right? Yep. And, um, but how many times it's there that it seems like you see these manifestations of God's presence? And it's much for the same reason as like what you we're mentioning about with midnight. It's when you're in the wilderness and you're in the desert, there's not a whole lot to grab your attention yep. or to grab your focus. God has your utmost attention. In the midnight, it's the same way. Uh, you know, I, I know one person who said, tells me, my best conversations I have with God is when I'm in the shower. Yep. And, and I asked him, well, why, why do you think that is? Like, well, because that's the only time I'm staying still long enough that God can actually get through <laughs> to me, yeah. you know? Yep. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of truth in that. Yep. And so there's something about those times that on the surface can seem not maybe quite so pleasant, but we are the most in tune with him in those midnight hours. You know, another thing I found in verse 62 that I think very interesting, when he says, I will rise and give thanks. Mm. But he's not saying, I'm going to rise and give thanks for all your goodness. Right. I'm going to rise and give thanks for your judgments. Mm. Now think of that for a minute. Wait a minute. To be able to help us or to get us to where we sit back for a minute and say, whoa. Mm -hmm. You know, these are God's righteous judgments that are happening. Mm -hmm. whether it be in my own personal life or whatever. Yeah. And, and I'm to give you thanks for that, too. Mm -hmm. Now, in the hustle and bustle of the day, I'm only thinking about the good things God's done for me. But in the, in the coolness of the night and, and in the midnight hour, wait a minute, now I can reflect and say, wow, God, that's why you did that. Oh, how righteous you are, mm. you know, to do them. Yep. 63, I love this. I am a companion of all them that fear thee. Mm -hmm. How many times do we in our little church groups, I'm the one and only, right? Mm -hmm. And I can't associate with any others because they don't have it right, like we've got it right. Mm -hmm. And all. what does the psalmist say? Wait a minute. Yep. Anybody who names the name of Jesus Christ, anybody who has called upon the Lord Jesus Christ and, and have asked Christ to come into life and to save them, guess what? Mm -hmm. They're my brother and sister. Mm -hmm. Which is the very, the very thing that allows even two pastors sitting on a TV right. station like this from two different states, from two different backgrounds. theological backgrounds in yep. a sense. I mean, doctrinally, yeah, it's the same close. scripture. Yep. But, you know, but there are some things we differ on. Yep. But you know what? Like I said, doesn't mean we're still not in, mm -hmm. in fellowship with one another. We're still not companions with one another, and we, that we love one another. Right. We we have that, you know. And uh, and the time saying that. And I think this is so. To me, it almost seemed like this was kind of just bleh, just thrown in there. And because it's like 
it, it's such a, a distinct thought. You know, we've talked nothing this whole time about except his word and his precepts and me and my faithfulness to you and your faithfulness to me. Uh, oh, yeah, and by the way, all those other people that love you, yeah, I, I, I'm companion with them. Yeah. Now let's get back to the word. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. But, but yet the, the value of this is that you cannot, and I think this is something he's, he's trying to help us understand here, you cannot have a true relationship with God through his word and somehow think you're a Lone Ranger Christian. Yep, I You've agree. You've got to have fellowship with the church. Yeah. You know, one of the things, too, that I, I really think is, is he's going on and he's looking at his life. You're going to be my portion. I'm going to keep your word. I beg for your mercy. I've done all these things. And then in verse 63, and I'm not doing it alone. Right. You know why? i got brothers and sisters beside me that are going to help me. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm a companion with all those who yep. fear and respect and honor you, God. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex has already told us that our time is pretty much up. So I'm a companion of all them that fear you of them that keep your precepts. Verse 64, the earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. Have you looked and seen today God's mercy? Mm. The earth is full of his mercy. Even in these troubling times, the earth is still Mm -hmm. full of his mercy. And how so? You just think about all the sin in this world. Yep. And God still let, lets this world turn. He still lets us live. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that is a sign in and of itself of his mercy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So therefore, because of his mercy and because the world, the earth is still full of his mercy, Lord, teach me your statutes. Lord, I want to have a heart of mercy too. I want to have a heart of grace too. Yep. I want to have your heart. That doesn't mean I don't have, you know, that, that I'm not going to judge sin because we need to. But I want to have that heart that you have. And how do we do that? Teach me your statutes. Yep. Another word for the law. Another word for the word. I'm Pastor Harold Noyes, pastor of the Community Christian Church, located on the Lower Road in Athens, Vermont. We have morning worship at 9.30 every Sunday morning. We have evening worship at 6. And we also have prayer meeting on Wednesday night. And we have some local Bible studies that if you... Are in the area and you're looking for a place uh, and you want a fellowship, you want to become a companion with others of like precious faith, stop in, call us, uh, see us, and we would love to uh, be able to have fellowship with you. And if you're in the Charlestown, New Hampshire area, Life on Main is uh, meeting at the, at the Charlestown Senior Center at 223 Old Springfield Road right there in Charlestown. Sunday mornings we gather at 10 o'clock for coffee and fellowship and then at 11 o'clock we have a worship service where we focus on Christ and uh, hear from his word and just encourage you to come up be a part of that and uh, we thank you for tuning into this broadcast you can find us uh, on TV stations in the eastern sections of Vermont as well as western parts of New Hampshire you can also find us online whether it's on YouTube whether it's on Facebook, whether it's at uh, factthenumber8.com, the TV station's website, or on your favorite podcast providers. Lots of ways to tune in. Let others know about Heartline Ministries. Share our stuff on your uh, social media pages. Let's get the word of God out there. Amen. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to Heartline Ministry.